It's here. It's finally here, baby. It's here. We are here for week one, a 13-game slate. It's so sweet. Oh, man, I'm ready to do some DFS with you guys today. Welcome on in, everybody. I'm Chase Vernon. I am joined by Bo. Bo over there from Fantasy Pros. You guys can find all of his written content with betting pros. Bo, what's going on, man? How are you? It's been a while, Chase. I mean, we 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 used to have a show way back in the day. I reminisce all the time about the year 2020 when the whole world was shut down. But you and I were doing the DFS streets dirty. Like we were, oh, yeah. we were, we were cashing checks, snapping necks for that whole season. Dude, it was actually fun, right? I would sit there and I'd be bartending, and then I'd get off my bartending shift because we had to close early because of COVID. And then we would come <laughs> to a DFS show right after that, and it was a blast. It was so much fun. Yeah, let's let's bring back some good vibes from those days because there's lots of them there are there are and i'm very very excited to kick this show off it is week one for the big tilt everybody this is our second episode if you guys missed the one with mark garcia make sure you go check it out last week of course but we are here to give you guys fantasy advice like bo said snap necks cash checks so are you ready to kick this episode off bo you ready to rock and roll yes sir all right let's do it Oh, man, we got a few different things to talk about. The way this show is now going to be structured is we are going to give you one person that we want every single lineup. Well, maybe not every single lineup, but we want in most lineups overall. We want to make sure that we're cashing in on this dude. We're talking about 30, 40 percent ownership shares. These guys are the guys that you want to build your lineups around. Then we're going to go through and we're going to talk about one guy that, that we want to avoid or a handful of guys who want to try and avoid for week one. They're, they're trap picks, you know, somebody that, that could be at a major discount, right? But, I mean, he's not going to give you any fantasy production anyways. And then we're going to finish it up and we're going to go over some sleepers that we really love, some guys that you can sneak into your lineups that most people won't be playing but can get you to that Millie Maker winner. Man, Bo, I'm, I'm ready for this. I'm ready. Me too. This is exciting because 13 games, they have a lot of players to go through, but there's only a few that I actually love, like with all my heart. <laughs> with all your heart, man. <laughs> I actually, the, the ones that you have are pretty good. So I cannot wait to discuss those. Uh, before you do, if you guys joined the Awake and Take show with Jason Alwine, it was a killer. We ended up cashing in on the majority of the guys we picked. We told you all to avoid Kadarius Tony because he was too expensive. We told you all to go out there and cash in on Josh Reynolds. That was my number one pick. Josh Reynolds could not fail, especially at his pricing. We cashed in on that. And, of course, we gave you some picks. Patrick Mahomes was a lock, of course, right? Jared Goff still wasn't bad because in order for the offense to operate, it went around him. And then David Montgomery, baby, over – over uh, uh, excuse me, <laughs> over the, the other options at running back was just the route to go. Of course, Jameer Gibbs was a popular pick. We wanted to fade him last night. That was the route you went. So we are here to dive into this week one slate to give you guys some tips, tricks. Make sure you all make some money on that. So I want to talk to you, Bill. I want to roll it out before we start building these lineups, right? Because we're going to be building lineups all night long. I want to go through and I want to talk about some of the pricing, right? Because we're going to see certain players, whether it's CMC, Devonta Adams, like even Justin Jefferson, they're typically going to get up to be around 9,500, 10K, and they're not quite there yet. So are there any players where you really love the pricing going forward for week one? 
Yeah, actually, I think the quarterbacks are pretty appropriate. I was I was kind of surprised that there weren't any like, oh, don't go there at quarterback. Uh, you can you can get away with building just about any stack structure you want if you're feeling good about it. Um, I'm probably going to err on the side of going with leverage plays at quarterback because yep. that's typically where you want to go anyway. But there's no cost prohibitive option at quarterback that says, oh, absolutely not. I'm not like outright fading any of them if I'm feeling pretty good about it. Of course, there's some guys with tougher matchups, but they tend to be a, a little bit cheaper. Like you can get them for a couple thousand less. So I, I'm looking at that going, oh, okay, I, I'm, I'm okay at quarterback if I, if I find a nice leverage spot. At running back, that's where I start to see a lot of people that are just, I just want to fade outright or play very little of because you have a lot of guys that are going to be taking it slow week one. We saw this, this last night where some of these guys who are going to be good options all season long, they're not really going to be getting their full workload right off the bat. And some of these younger players are of note here and others have just new systems that they're a part of that they might not be a full go in that system quite yet uh namely austin eckler i he's the one guy in this very very high ticket high over under uh miami la chargers game that i'm probably going to fade at cost Bo, you're giving the people too much insight into what we're gonna talk about man but no i love that i absolutely love that a guy who actually kind of hope i've been talking about a little bit on twitter you guys can go check me out over there at ff underscore intervention uh, I've been talking a little bit about how I want Ramondre Stevenson to kind of fail in week one, right? He has a tough matchup up against the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, he's coming down with a, a stomach virus. I think is what the word on the street was, right? So maybe he gives a little bit of a snap share up to Ezekiel Elliott, right? Only plays on 60% of the snaps or so, maybe 50%. And then he goes into Miami where you know the, the Patriots are going to have to pass the ball. And he goes and sees 10 receptions while also seeing lower ownership and a lower pricing across the board. So I'm very, very excited for Ramondre Stevenson for week two, but that might be a guy that I'm trying to fade for week one. Now, mm -hmm. let's go ahead and, and let's discuss a little bit about ownership percentages. How much do you care about them? Are there certain guys this week that you're like, oh man, I got to fade this dude because he's going to be way too highly owned? Uh, it's it's kind of early. Like I, I do think there's going to be some swings here, especially on a 13-game slate. I'm worried about it less than I would on a 10- or 11-game slate. That's when you really yep. have to pay attention to it. But with the expanded slate, I don't really see that there's going to be too many guys that are overly chalky. Like You can spread it out pretty evenly here this week. Uh, that's kind of the beauty of week one is nobody knows anything about anything this week. Yep. And we'll, we'll, we'll all learn together, like good or bad. We're all going to learn together about week one. But if you have been reading the tea leaves, watching preseason action, kind of getting the hang of how all of these coaching changes, uh, depth chart changes are, are moving along, you can kind of point out which guys are kind of over-owned compared to what their workload is going to look like. Uh, that's that's where I'm at here is uh, specifically I don't have anybody that's going to be overly chalky for me to fade completely based on that. But based on price, I'm definitely paying attention to that because that's uh, that's kind of what I'm looking at now is like points per dollar. I, I want the guys I want to play this week on a on a big slate. You're you're gonna have no trouble being different from everybody, but you still have to score more points than your opponents to win any money. No, I I absolutely love that. I'm gonna go ahead. And I'm gonna pull up this DraftKings, uh, I guess share screen real quick, and we're gonna get down to building some of these lineups and we're going to start out the lineups right we're going to start them out just by talking about some of the uh, different aspects right that we can be looking at for these these actual lineups 
let me actually change this uh, banner real quick as well. So, Bo, just going off of you know what you've seen thus far, and we wanted to talk about who are those guys that you want to lock into your lineups this week. Like I said before, a little bit, I want a piece of that Chargers-Dolphins game because if we're on a 13-game slate, I don't think we're going to have too much focus on one game stack over the other, and I think that's an edge. Is find the game that's going to score a bunch of points and lock and load. Like, do we have two very potent passing attacks going up against one another with okay defenses but not great defenses? I'm I'm thinking full steam ahead with either a Herbert stack or a, or a, a Tua stack, and then even run back a one a receiver from the other side just to get two or three guys from that game locked in where we have lots of upside in that. I think that that game's going over sixty points total, and it it should be something that we attack right off the bat with a stack. Uh, that's where I would start most of my lineups this week is just getting getting after the easy points. Yeah, and I mean, last year we saw Mike Williams dominate Xavier Howard on the three targets yeah. that he saw the outside. I mean, completely dominate him. But really, they were attacking that slot, right? Cater, yeah. the dude over there, they were dominating, like just going at that slot guy time and time and time again. I mean, Keenan Allen saw a, a tremendous amount of targets up against Cater over there in the slot. Uh, and then they, they went with, uh, who was it? DeAndre Carter, right? That just saw targets up against the slot. And then they put Austin Eckler in the slot. And they targeted Austin Eckler in the slot. Cater yeah. was literally like a rag doll. That entire game just getting abused <laughs> over yeah. and over and over again. Why would they change that strategy? I know it's a different offense coordinator. But why would they change that strategy when it worked for him so well last season? Well, they can go after the same guy. They can go after that same guy with more verticality, which Kellen Moore's system, they're going to draw the, they're going to spend more time with Herbert letting the ball get, letting the receivers get further down the field. Uh, the Lombardi system was a lot closer to the line of scrimmage. So you saw a little more volume at the running back, the tight end, the slot receiver positions. And what I'm hearing is that Mike Williams is going to be running a lot more out of the slot than we've seen him in the past, which is great for him cool. because he's a large body. He's very athletic. And he can run routes better than people think. Like I've seen, obviously he's a big X receiver that runs the boundary, runs the verticals really well, contested catch, almost unstoppable. Uh, I, I think that it'll be good for him to run some more intermediate routes in this concept. And in, in a game that's going to score a lot of points, I love his size and athleticism against this defense, which is a little bit undersized. Miami's defense is smart. They're athletic, but they're they're undersized. And Mike Williams at fifty seven hundred is too damn cheap for his upside. And I, that's the one guy that I really really love in this on this slate as a wide receiver is just too cheap for what he can do. All right, I'm going to give you a guy that I think is tremendously underpriced, and we're only going to see him climb throughout the season, right? And whether that's because of spike weeks that we see from him, or it's because he's just consistently putting up points on the ground, that's Anthony Richardson. I mean, his price is far too cheap. I think he's sitting there at 5600 His price yeah. is far too cheap to, to roll out for week one. I don't know what they were doing over there in Jacksonville. I mean, in, in DraftKings, like pricing them that cheap. The Jacksonville Jaguars last year faced three mobile quarterbacks. On the ground, they ended up giving up 9.8 points to one, just on the ground, rushing, right? <laughs> 8.9. And then 19.7 to Daniel Jones on the ground who had over 100 yards <laughs> rushing against them, right? Yikes. I mean, they have a lot of speed, right, on that defense. There's a lot of speed coming off the edge. But guess what speed does when you end up loading the box and blitzing off the edge? It creates gaps. It creates paths for you to run through. And that's where you get the, the 
chunk yard gains, right? His over-under for rushing yards is like 47.5 right now, which is ridiculous, right? You take the over on that because he could get that in two or three runs. He could get it one run, to be honest with you, but he's probably going to get it in two or three runs. He's going to have 10 rushing attempts this game. I mean, he's going to put up probably close to 60, 70, 100-plus rushing yards potentially if he can get a couple chunk gains. So I'm all over Anthony Richardson and his price. J.K. Dobbins is another guy up against Houston who I want to take a shot on. Uh, It's going to create massive rushing lanes for him to run through. I don't care if they're passing more. He's going to be involved in the passing game. I also love J.K. Dobbins. Is there one more person that you love, Bo, that you want to build your lineups around before we start building this one? Actually, yeah. Uh, This this whole uh, thing about your your guy from from the the DMV, Antonio Gibson. (laughs) Antonio Gibson – in the B enemy system, that's like Ooh. getting Jarek J- a younger, bigger, faster Jarek McKinnon, who also played wide receiver in college. It seems like B enemy might see this this number twenty four in the crimson and gold and go, you know, um, we might have a we might have a job for you, Antonio Gibson. Uh, uh, I mean, all respect to Scott Turner, but he didn't bad. use he didn't use Antonio Gibson the right way. He was like, so sad. T- his first two seasons, they still didn't use him the right way. He was still top ten in fantasy running backs both yeah. years. Oh, Gibson it, is with in all line. the misuse. Yeah, and I believe he's seven? under six. Whew. He's under six k also. So we have three guys now who are under six k who have immense upside, immense upside. Who are also not too overly high, highly owned so far. I mean, we no, want to keep our voices down around here, but <laughs> I like where we're starting this off. I love that, man. I love that. So let's go ahead and let's build some of these lineups. By the way, Antonio Gibson is only at, what did it say? 5,200. 5, yeah, it's getting <laughs> even sexier by the, by the moment. All right, let's, let's build this up. Let's get this lineup started. Where do we want to start with these lineups? Uh, do you normally start by getting the running backs, defenses, guys that you want, the stacks? How do you start, though? I start with stacks most of the time, but sometimes that includes a running back defense stack. Uh, but uh, overall, I start with stacking. Where would you like to start with this one? By the way, we have $69 to play with tonight. So I, I just nice. love the, the amount that I have in my bank right now after winning, uh, you know, <laughs> what, 40, 50 bucks last night on 20. So I'll take that. That's a really nice amount. 69. Let's go. All right, but where do you want to start? Who do you want to start with? Or, or you know, which range do you want to discuss? Uh, let's go with, uh, I like a $12 single entry. That's, that's kind of a good place to start or a $9 or, or are we talking about players? No, let's just start, start with players. I already got the, the guys up there. We'll yeah. go to a $12 single entry next. Okay. Uh, let's go, let's go with Gibson and the commander's defense because, uh, I believe they're playing Arizona. Is that right? Yep, they are. And that's probably going to be the chalkiest defense on the slate. But if we can get a little weird with the rest of our lineup, that's cool. We got a 13-game slate. We don't have to worry about the chalk that comes with that commander's defense. So let's go ahead and do that. Let's go with Gibby and the commander's defense. I'm I'm a little bit – I'm leery about chalky defenses only when they're at the very top of the price structure. Like if you get an expensive defense that's got just a great matchup, you, you almost want to spend down to get leverage just by a matter of fact. But Washington's defense in the middle of the pack and the pricing scheme, I'm okay with that because you're still not you're not hindering the rest of your build by putting a chalk defense in there. No, I, and I, I completely agree with you. Now, I do want to attack the game that you discussed with Miami and the Chargers. I do think it will be somewhat of the highest uh, you know owned game overall. 
But mm-hmm. something does make me a little bit hesitant, although they ended up torching the uh, Miami's defense last year. That Miami's defense is a lot better this year. I mean, this is the yes. top secondary unit, according to, to PFF, uh, you know, with the addition of Jalen Ramsey. However, Jalen Ramsey's out. So mm-hmm. we could see a little bit more of a, a wiggle room and opportunity over here. So do you want to start with like a Chargers stack and attack the Miami side? Or would you rather start with the Miami side and attack uh, attack the stack on that? I like the Miami stack almost a little bit better because what we saw last year was Miami was the most efficient offense in the NFL when Tua was healthy. Last time I checked, Tua was healthy. He's got two of the fastest guys in the league. Actually, now he's got three of the fastest guys in the league on his offense. So I, I would love to play a, a Tua stack with either Waddle or Tyreek. I kind of I kind of fall towards Tyreek because Waddle's been a little banged up lately. But uh, maybe he's a leverage pick that we were looking for because, he, yeah. by all indications, Waddle's playing, and uh, that's that's kind of where where you kind of want to go. Like I'll I'll have I'll have a mixture of different stacks in this game just to get exposure to it, uh, in, in up to and including a double stack with Tua Hill and Waddle. So Tua, right? He has a sixty percent less chance of hitting his projected point output if Tyreek Hill does not get a touchdown. So if we're going with a stack on this one, I'd like to lead more towards Tyreek just for that reason. Plus, I think the Chargers defense is actually really good um, in mm-hmm. single coverage, and I think that they're able to shut down Waddle, but trying to to you know get Tyreek Hill in single coverage is going to create a little bit more of an issue. So I think that Tyreek Hill is actually the route to go, and then you want to run it back with, with Mike Williams over there running out of the slot? Damn right. That's your lock. That's your dude, right? That's my dude. All right, we're going to throw in Mike Williams. So we have Tua Tagovailoa, for those listening. We have Tua Tagovailoa, Antonio Gibson, Tyreek Hill, Mike Williams, and the Commander's defense. We have about 5 k left per person to spend. So where are we going from here, Bo? Do you think we should go with like maybe a, a cheaper guy that we can use as like a flyer? I don't want to give away our sleepers yet, so we, we can't go that low. But no, yeah. is, is there a guy that, that we could kind of mix in here that, uh, that might need – to, to get some points up. I mean, Rondell Moore, for example, Rondell Moore in a PPR league where they're talking about Marquise Brown, right? Potentially being questionable. I mean, Rondell Moore is going to have to get some points up there, but he doesn't have to score a touchdown because he gets so many receptions and so many targets playing in the area field that he does, right? He can end up seeing 10 receptions this game. Greg Dortch did it. Why can't Rondell Moore? Because he's not Greg Dortch. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't I don't like Rondell that much, but uh, at forty two hundred, that's a really good nice price. I, if we're in that sub five k range, I'd almost rather go up a little bit to Brandon Ayuk against a Pittsburgh defense that's really inexperienced on the secondary uh, and won't get any fanfare. Uh, that's that's one guy that I can see Brock Purdy finding because he found him all last year when he took over. Brandon Ayuk was the wide receiver seven overall from week six on last year. And I can see him eating up Joey Porter Jr. This this whole this whole Sunday. That it's would that would be my too cheap. Too cheap. <laughs> it's too, too cheap. cheap. Like forty nine hundred. Yeah. That's too cheap. He should be up there around like the sixty five hundred dollar range minimum. And he's sitting there at forty nine. He will be. He will be. Not this <laughs> week though. <laughs> I'm not even a big IU guy. I'm just saying like that's way too cheap to have Brandon IU guy. So that leaves us with about 5,500 that didn't give us much more wiggle room, but we have guys that can still fit in that range at the running back position. I kind of want to go that route just to see what we have left over. And, uh, you know, I'll save this take that I have for the next segment about guys we want to fade. 
But I do think that A.J. Dillon could be a sneaky good pick to start out up against a Chicago defense that is almost non-existent, right? Uh, I think that that could be a sneaky one where it gives us a little bit of of area that we can maneuver around in terms of the salary. Is there anybody that you like? Uh, yeah, actually, there's a couple here. Uh, we have uh, Jerome Ford of the Browns, 4,200. It's dirt cheap. And you know Nick, Nick Chubb's not going to get a whole lot of work. This is... This is a this is a team that lost Kareem Hunt and did nothing to replace him, and they they added a they added a body at the end of camp, but Jerome Ford kind of kind of dealt with a hamstring over over training camp. He's a full bill of health this for this game. He's a very good receiver. He's a very explosive playmaker, and he, I believe he's going to be the Nick, the Kareem Hunt this year. And everybody's like, oh, the Bengals run defense is good. Well, it was good last year. What have they done in the offseason to address it? Nothing. Uh, I, I, I have a feeling about Jerome Ford at 4,200 in a millimaker setup. I'm not playing him in cash games, nothing like that. Uh, but him and Sean Tucker of the of the Buccaneers is another target of mine down in low fours for running backs if we're, look, if we're looking to save some money. I do like Jerome Ford here because we do have a chalkier defense. Uh, you know, that defense mm-hmm. was probably going to be the highest owned player on the entire slate. But I do love what they're bringing up in the comments section. Uh, Nicholas McElroy, excuse me, said Purdy CMC. Ayuk stack with the Pickens run back. Uh, that's interesting. The Chargers build with Jaden Reed. Boofy, you're getting too far ahead in the episode, okay? You got to wait. You got to <laughs> wait, okay? Uh, and then Dobbins with the Ravens D. I actually do like that stack as yes. well. I think that's very interesting up against a, a defense. So maybe we can, we can build on Dobbins uh, after this build. We'll do a Dobbins build following that. Uh, and then, yeah, hey, hey, Boofy, you're just getting too far ahead on us, man. Like, I don't know if you stole our sh- show sheet or what, but but you're on point <laughs> with some of your takes. So let's go ahead and let's go to the tight end position, and then we'll pick a flex after that. We got us we got us some space, man. So are mm-hmm. we going to pay up at the, the tight end? Are we going to go with TJ Hawkinson since he might be the only healthy tier one tight end for this week? That Tampa Bay team has not been good up against tight ends for years. Yeah, they won't be good this year either. Uh, I don't mind it. I I think that by process of elimination, he might be ultra chalky by the time we lock on Sunday. Uh, Dallas Goddard's up there. I'm actually very, very keen on Kyle Pitts down at 4,500. For some reason, he's way underpriced. We're talking about a thousand yard receiver who got hurt last year. The His quarterback couldn't hit the broadside of a barn, but he is their vertical receiver in Atlanta, period. He's the only guy they stretch the field with. And when I look at the Carolina defense, they're aggressive. They go after the line yep. of scrimmage wholeheartedly. They're going to try everything in their power to stop B. John Robinson. They're probably not going to do a very good job of it. Uh, but the play action pass, Desmond Ritter is going to stretch the field. He's going to start throwing bombs. He doesn't have anybody that is a real vertical threat except for Kyle Pitts. And I just I have a feeling that if we're looking for upside, Kyle Pitts at 4,500 just makes a lot of sense. And that is a homer pick. I've been on Kyle Pitts since he was at Florida. But, uh. <laughs> Bo, I think we have our first disagreement of the show. I'm not on Kyle Pitts this week because Jeremy Chin moved into to become the nickelback, right? And Jeremy uh-huh. Chin is actually elite at shutting down tight ends. That's pretty much why they moved him because they knew that they would end up having to face Juwan Johnson, Kyle Pitts. Uh, uh, camera break and just sit on the side, but they at least knew that they had to cover that, so they moved Jeremy Chin into the slot. They think that he really fits that mode well. Thanks, Bentley, for ruining the show. But I do think that we are looking at a situation where Kyle Pitts could end up facing some tougher coverage, which is why I actually like Jake 
Drake London for this week. But uh, I like that too. Is there another guy that we can compromise with at the tight end position? Is there anybody else that you see and you might like a little bit more? I mean, Higby, right? He might be chalky, but he's got Seattle, and Seattle's been terrible against the tight end for years as well. Well, Higby's going to max you out at 11 points, and that's never a DFS thing. (laughs) Not unless we rewind back like two or three years ago. to Yeah, that (laughs) one game where he scored. Yeah, that one one game or that those two games that he scored multiple touchdowns. but yeah, that was a long time ago, and this is not the same offense. Uh, Evan Ingram, <laughs> Evan Ingram would be my compromise. Uh, he's a top like two option in that in that offense for Jacksonville. They're going to score pretty easily against Indy's defense, and at least he has upside. Higby has zero upside ever. <laughs> he's going to score between eight and eleven points every week. So in a cash game, do do the Higby thing. Uh, you'll never see me play Higby in a tournament. Sorry, not oh. sorry. I'll take it, man. I'll take it. Let's go ahead and let's hop on to our last guy. We're left with 7,600. So we got a plethora of Dolores. Uh, Do we want to upgrade from Jerome Ford and pivot down? Or do you want to stick with your Jerome Ford pick? I mean, I I think we can upgrade. That's uh, there's some, there's some good guys in that low sevens range. So if we want to, if we want to upgrade Jerome Ford to something a little bit more pricey with some more hope behind it, yeah, I mean, even if we pivot down, I mean, the 5K range, we came up with a handful of players that, that are worth in 5K range. J.K. Dobbins is sitting there at 6,600. And, uh, you know, mm-hmm. Houston defense is going to be tough to pass on. We have Calvin Ridley if we wanted to run some more Jacksonville Jaguars out there if we think it's going to be a blowout. Uh, Terry McLaurin up against Arizona. Uh, he's going to face, what is it, uh, Marco Wilson, right? The dude, <laughs> the, the fourth-round cornerback that is, I mean... <laughs> that. Hey, all I got to say, all I got to say to Marco is good luck, buddy. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's going to be a bloodbath over there. Uh, You know, is is there a guy that that you want to pivot down to the 6K range? So maybe we can go up to to the 5K range with Jerome Ford. Chris Olave is a great one up against Tennessee. Yes, I love Olave this week. Oh, my God, he's too cheap. He's too cheap. Just like IU. It's like, what are they doing with these stud wide receivers that just don't get enough respect? I mean, it's just. DraftKings occasionally like will just not respect a player all season long where they'll never upgrade the <laughs> price no matter how good they do. And that's fine with us because it's just it works in our favor. It's a free square. Yeah, it's like a loss leader. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we're now looking at the 5K range for the running back position. You know, we got AJ Dillon in here, right? We got Khalil Herbert, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not a big fan of Jabal Williams, but we'll talk about that here in a second. We already got a Washington running back, but to be honest with you, they might just run it down their throat and we might see 40 carries between the two. You know, meanwhile, Antonio Gibson is going to house the reception. I don't know if we go that far. That That's a little bit of a stretch, but is there a running back that you like in this range in the 5k range, early 5k, late 4k? I like, I like Dylan the way you do, because I do think that the pathway for the Packers to beat the bears with the running with their offense and shambles with all the injuries is going to be to run the football and Jones will get his, but Dylan is too cheap compared to how expensive Jones is. And that's it. That's more of a 55 45 split. It always has been And AJ Dylan had a bad season last year, but it was, it wasn't all his fault. We had a quarterback with a broken wrist half the year, the wide receivers couldn't get open. So the boxes were loaded. I have a feeling that the Bears, they can load the box all they want. They're not stopping the run game. 
that's that's going to be a big uh, a big point of contention and a big point of leverage is a, a running back of 5200 that virtually nobody's going to have that is going to get a lot of goal line looks I, I like I like AJ Dillon in that spot, especially when we have everybody else lined up with a ton of upside. Watch AJ Dillon rumble for 100 yards and a score one touchdown, and you hit your nut like that. Woo! Let's go! It's that's a that's a free square in itself, especially against the Chicago defense. So let's enter this ticket in, Bo. We are in in the money for that one. We're in, and let's build another lineup. But before we do. Before we do, let's hear a word from our sponsors. Oh, I see it every day online, every single day. Hey, that looks like a great fantasy team in an eight-team league. Oh, I wish I could be in a league with you, right? Well, guess what? Now you can respond with, sure, let's play on Battle. That's the beauty of this platform. This new Battle platform standardizes all position scoring. So you just load your team and you challenge your friend your colleague, Twitter troll, and you can browse other teams and issue challenges. Battle is revolutionizing fantasy football. And with code UNDERWORLD, you get a $100 instant deposit match plus a free $10. So even if you deposit 20, you get 50. Think about that. So go to battle.com, the code is UNDERWORLD. Battle.com, the code is UNDERWORLD, or click a link in the description. It's fun to be right. It's fun to be right, right? It's fun. It's fun to be right. That's why we play DFS, really, because we love being right. It's such a good feeling when you just look at all your lineups. You know, like this week. So for the Thursday night matchups, I only entered about five or so entries. Just have some fun with it, right? But uh, when it comes to like these full game slates, I'll put in about 100 to 150. And it's fun when you just see all those green dots going across your screen. Mm know that you won and you did the right pick so that's why we are here to give you that advice and help you out now i did enter into a 12 dollars contest which ran this is a single entry contest for you bo this is where things get really interesting right because things get a little bit more chalky because you, you feel like you, you don't have to get different because you're not dealing with a bunch of people that are going to enter in to 150 different lineups right so we get a little bit more wiggle room uh, in terms of what we can do versus what we have to do. Now, yes. let's talk about guys that you don't want on your team this week. Give me one guy that you do not want anywhere close to your team this week and tell us why. So I'll give you the reason why before I give you the name. Um, I don't want any Las Vegas Raiders this week because I don't think they're going to score a single touchdown against the Denver Broncos. What? Not a single one. I think they might even get shut out. Um, if, I would call for a shutout if it weren't for their all-world kicker, Carlson. But since Carlson's on the field, I'll give them some six to nine points. Bentley agrees with me. Uh, He's all in. Yeah, so I, I am fully off of Devontae Adams at 7,900. Uh, I love the player. Shout out to He's from East Palo Alto. One of the greatest wide receivers to ever play the game. But... Jimmy Garoppolo is his quarterback. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to have the biggest regression year he's ever had. We've probably ever seen from a quarterback. He's leaving that perfect little climate-controlled snow globe of the Shanahan system. He's in the McDaniel system, which is okay, I guess, if you like uh, Shanahan from Wish.com. It's it's going to be really ugly this season for the Las Vegas Raiders. They're my dark horse to get the Caleb Williams uh, acquisition at the end of the year. I don't oh. think the Raiders are going to win more than three games this season. 
And it starts with Denver absolutely laying the lumber on them at mile high this week. So no Devontae Adams, no Josh Jacobs. Don't give me any Raiders this week. I just don't feel it. Damn, Poe coming in with the hot sauce take, right? Poe's hot sauce over there. Make sure y'all go check that out. But, man, that is a crazy take. The dark horse to get Caleb Williams, and I love it. That'd be sick if he landed there and Devontae Adams is still there and he's able to come up with Devontae Adams for a couple years. Just saying. That would be dope. That would be ideal. That would be so sick. I love that. Oh, my God, man. But that's that's a hell of a take right there. I love it, man. Let's go on to uh, to my guys real quick. Uh, Jamal Williams, right? I loved him. I've been tweeting about him for the first couple weeks. I, I really loved, like, targeting him, right? But then I'm starting to think about it. I'm looking at the the opportunities that the Titans allow to the quarterbacks, how they've – I think it's been 14 out of 17 weeks last year. They allowed the quarterback to see over 30 to, 32 attempts or more. Uh, you know, you just can't run against them, right? Jeffrey Simmons is a freaking monster. Yes. And then I'm going to look at the ownership percentages, right? And the ownership percentages have Jamal Williams as the second highest running back on this slate, only behind Austin Eckler. I could not get behind that. And it makes sense yeah. why he's owned. Like, he's cheap, right? Like, he's he's inexpensive. But it's... Like, he doesn't see a ton of rushing attempts. He might get some goal line touches, but is, is Jeffrey Simmons going to let him get in the end zone? Hell no. That's an absolute monster over there for the Tennessee Titans and why pretty much the main reason why you can't run against them. So I think that the Saints are going to get forced to pass. I think they're going to try and run. I just don't think they're going to do it very well. And you're going to see a lot of opportunities for, you know, Chris Olave, Michael Thomas, even Rashid Shahid to, to put up some fantasy points. It's not that I love any one of those guys outside of Olave because I, I don't think that the offense is going to operate. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game to an extent. But I do 100% want to fade Jamal Williams at his ownership percentage and his cost. We, we talked about A.J. Dillon, how I thought he was a steal essentially going right there. And, and if you're somebody that wanted to go play, right, like when you're looking around, you're like, oh, man, I want to sit there and I want to play Jamal Williams. Well, you have other options that you can go to, but most people aren't going to be playing him because you look at Antonio Gibson. Well, he's got to compete with, with Brian Robinson. Jamal Williams doesn't have anybody in that range. AJ Dillon. Oh man, he's behind Aaron Jones. Zeke Elliott. Oh, he's got Rondra Stevens. Like there's, there's other options that you can go to, but they all have red flags and Jamal Williams doesn't have one in terms of his workload. The, the red flag exists on the other side of the field. It exists on that defense and that's Jeffrey Simmons shutting them down. So I'm fading Jamal Williams. My other, you know what? I'm not even going to go into my other fade. I want to hear your other fade right now because your other fade's pretty mind blowing that you actually went here. Go go ahead and, and enlighten us. I I don't I don't know why it's such a big deal that I'm fading another guy that's highly priced. And I mean, it's for me, it just seems I I don't know why you're why you're thinking this is such a big deal. But because <laughs> he's the highest scoring player in his position that, that we've seen since what Adrian Peterson's all, yeah, yes, overall, yeah, we're looking at body of work, of course, you don't fade Christian McCaffrey, but at <laughs> cost, and with a healthy Elijah Mitchell, that's a huge difference here. We're talking about a team that's facing a very tough front seven. Uh, the 49ers are facing the Steelers. The Steelers are known for the front seven. It's a stout front seven. Elijah Mitchell's presence in that offense knocked Christian McCaffrey's usage down by 40% last year. And Mitchell's not healthy very often. So obviously we, we take that with a grain of salt, like, Oh, 
when, how long is Elijah Mitchell going to stay healthy? I don't know either, but he's healthy right now. He's on the field right now. He's a very serviceable running back. They're going to have entire series where Elijah Mitchell's the lead guy. McCaffrey will be on the bench for a whole series at a time in this game. And if I'm going to spend up almost $9,000, I am fading that guy because I think the 49ers are going to spread it out. They're going to spread the wealth, which is what Shanahan always does. If health permits, he's not going to lean on one guy over the other. And for me, McCaffrey is just too expensive for his limited upside with uh, with Elijah Mitchell in the game. And that we saw it all last year where when Mitchell was out, McCaffrey was awesome. We loved every, every bit of it because we're talking about the most efficient player in the league the last four or five years, period. But I just don't see it this week. This week, for me, McCaffrey's a fade. Yeah, it makes sense. There's no reason to, to run him out there and put a ton of workload on him You know, no. at that point. So I can get on board with that. I'm actually fading Jamar Chase. We've seen that the two games that Jamar Chase has played up against the Browns since coming into the league, Denzel Ward has also played. Denzel Ward got taken off the injury report yesterday. Now, Jamar Chase has still gotten like 13 and 15 targets, I believe, up against the, the Browns when he's played them. But he has like a catch rate of like 60%, around 60% in those two games because Denzel Ward is so freaking good while defending him. Now, in one of those games, he still put up 119 yards and a touchdown, right? He ended up getting lucky. But he, I think he ended up catching like a screen pass and taking the house. That's not going to be the case every single time they play. The other game, he only had, I think, 4.2 fantasy points or something on those lines. It is not a good situation for Jamar Chase when you're sitting there with a 60% catch rate because Denzel Ward is all over you. Could Jamar Chase absolutely go off? Yes, but at his cost, at his cost, he's somebody that I'm trying to fade and get away from. We'll see if I'm right or wrong come the end of week one on Monday morning when I'm waking up with a hangover from not playing Jamar Chase. <laughs> yeah, uh, that I mean, that's it goes alongside the McCaffrey thing where it's like, of course, I'm going to regret every bit of it if McCaffrey goes off for 30 points. Like, he's very apt to do like but at the same time jamar chase has another alpha on the other side who has a lot easier matchups so like in in your case you're probably throwing a little bit extra yep. towards t higgins t I higgins am. is playing he's playing for that next contract boo boo i mean he's not gonna <laughs> be back in bengal land next year so let's go get that bag t t higgins is gonna be a man on a mission this year it starts this week where he's very heavily discounted from Chase. And really, if you look at their per-game efficiency metrics, it's not that different. I actually really like Tyler Boyd for this matchup as well. I think Tyler Boyd has an advantageous matchup, although Jamar Chase has been used in the slot a lot more over the past mm -hmm. season. Uh, Tyler Boyd is still in that role, and they can end up taking advantage of, of Tyler Boyd's mismatch this week. So I actually have probably more shares of Tyler Boyd than I do Higgins, but I still have both them pretty heavily owned as a whole. Uh, in certain matchups, depending on what I'm, I'm aiming for. Now, let's go ahead and let's build this lineup. Where are we going to start this time? I, I have on here, of course, Anthony Richardson as a quarterback that we can start with. I also really like Trevor Lawrence. I, I like this game. I think that it could be dominant. We talked a little bit about how Calvin Ridley's pricing. I'm not even a Calvin Ridley guy. I don't like Calvin Ridley. Okay, I'm not a Calvin Ridley guy, but his pricing is disconnected with his optimal performance. He could end up taking two yes. touchdowns of the house for 100 yards and, and call it a day. And anybody that plays Calvin Ridley is going to win money regardless as if they stack him mm -hmm. with Trevor Lawrence, of course. So do we want to attack this game by any chance? Do, do you want to get a little bit of shares of this game? 
I really do, especially in a single entry where it's not too chalky and it's not too different. Like we're kind of in that happy medium area with a ton of upside. This this Jaguars offense is going to be good. So yeah, fire up fire up the fire up Sunshine and Ridley because his pricing looks like he's missed the last two years from gambling and injuries. <laughs> That's pretty much it. That's that's probably what it is. He's probably just missed some time because of injuries yeah. and gambling. I mean, you know, that is what it is. But again, hey, it's week one, right? Like, I can relate. I can relate. The... <laughs> Did you miss a couple years in the NFL due to gambling and injuries? No, I, Bo, like, I, this is like the best time to play Calvin Ridley, right? Because he hasn't oh, yeah. played in two years. He's fresh, right? And, you know, he hasn't taken any hits. Like, if this is something where he could wear down as he goes afraid, because he hasn't had football People are contact. afraid of what he's going to look like. That's fine. Uh, he's still going to come out strong in week. If he's not going to look good in week eight, right? I mean, if he's going to, if he's not in shape, he's not going to look good in week eight. In week one, we're going to get the best possible side of Calvin Ridley, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's roll out. Want to go with the Trevor Lawrence side of things instead of the uh, instead of the Anthony Richardson side? Yeah. Did we go Richardson on the last one? Nope. We went with uh, two on the last one. Oh, that's right. Ooh, I like both of them. <laughs> Richardson's a better value, so we can oh, by do far. a yeah. It's still a game stack, so yeah, do the do the Richardson Ridley. Ooh, yeah, I like that a lot. And we can run out Richardson naked if we choose to, just butt ass oh, naked, sure. running all by himself. Yeah, <laughs> streaking with his green hat. With his green hat, <laughs> we're going streaking through the cards and into the gymnasium. Come on, guys, let's go. I love bring that. Your green hat. Yeah, bring your green hat, Snoop. <laughs> Snoop loop. <laughs> um, no, I, I love that uh, that aspect. I love that that beginning placement. But now we have to figure out: Do we want to run anybody else out with Anthony Richardson? Do we want to take a shot on Joshua Downs or Kyle? Or uh, I'm sorry, Pittman. Or I mean, we could even take a shot at tight end, possibly, if we want to get really risky. Deion Jackson. Yeah, butt ass naked. But <laughs> yeah, this this is like full full like full on in the buff Anthony Richardson, like little bro, thirteen, low voice, neck tattoo, nobody around him. <laughs> All right, let's go with that. I don't know what you just said, but we're going that route. All right, Bo. So we have that. Uh, let's let's focus on. I don't know. Do we want to do the J.K. Dobbins Ravens stack like we discussed? Yes. Let, let's. I mean, Boofy was the one over here in the comments. If you guys, Boofy was watching, ahead of his time. Boofy was ahead of his time. He he came too early. Okay, he just <laughs> he was here too early. Is what I meant to say. Um, He's probably smoking a cigarette in the corner by now. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Boofy over there smoking a cigarette in the corner. Uh, listen, like I, I do love J.K. Dobbins. I love the Ravens' revamp defense. I think that uh, Hamilton, Kyle Hamilton, could end up being oh, the best so safety good. in this league, uh, possibly mm-hmm. that the league has ever seen. Maybe no, I don't know about that far, but he's going to be no, very, very, very good. He's really good, and yeah. and it's ama- it, it still is amazing to me to me that to this day that the Ravens were able to draft him because he, he was my so number far. one. My number one overall defensive prospect last year, period. Like all the defensive players that went, he was number one. Kayvon was... Thibodeau was number two, and Thibodeau slipped to the Giants, which I didn't see coming either. Yeah, but to get to get Hamilton where he fell, past it was the top ridiculous. 10, 
is ridiculous. And now the Ravens are going to be good for another 10 years because of it. Bo, Bo, we're supposed to be doing a DFS show, okay? We're getting off track here just like we normally do. <sighs> but but yes. we can't do that. People are waiting for the answers, right? People are waiting for these lineups. That we, and plus, they're probably but waiting this for the is, sleepers. The Ravens, the Ravens DST is a DFS player. It is expensive. It's the most expensive defense on the slate, by the way. But we're going to throw them in there. Because I think they're going to be very low-owned, to be honest. I agree. Oh, man, this is exciting. We get to play J.K. Dobbins in the Ravens defense. Uh, I'm ready to rock and roll, babe. I'm ready to rock and roll. All right. Let's see what we have now. We're, we're looking here, just for the people that are listening, we have Anthony Richardson. I probably should announce the last lineup, too. My bad for those that are listening. We have J.K. Dobbins. Or we have Anthony Richardson, J.K. Dobbins, Cabin Ridley, and a DST. We still need to build off that. Bo, where do we go next, man? Where do we go? We need help. You mentioned him before, Keenan Allen. Keenan, oh, so we're still going to play with that game a little bit. We're going to dabble. We're just going to dabble a little I, I bit. Just need, I just need, I just need to dip two toes into that game <laughs> and say that the water's just fine. There's going to be lots of points on the board, and Keenan Allen in this offense is going to be completely unstoppable. I, I love it, man. I am 100% on board with this pick. You know that I love Keenan Allen, you know that they're going to attack Cater. Like, this is a uh, a gem for week one. This is a babe right here for week one. It's, it's a 10. A total babe. It's a 10 out of 10. Uh, sexy as hell. Keenan Allen for week one. I love it. Let's, uh, right now we're sitting here at, at 5K. So we're getting a little bit expensive. I feel like we're going to end up having to pay down at tight end to get this to work. We're not going to be able to go up with, you know, and reach for the sky, right? So where do we want to go at tight end so we can kind of plan out the rest of this this game or the rest of this build. <laughs> oh, you're not gonna like this one though. Uh, <laughs> you are not gonna like this one. Oh, I gotta hear this. I'm ready. Are you ready? I don't I don't think you are. I really don't think you are ready. But I'm gonna go with Hayden Hurst. Oh, I don't mind that. 3K flat, eight the Atlanta Falcons supposedly improved their secondary, but if we're looking at the Carolina pass catching unit, it's banged up. They got a rookie who got outproduced by another rookie for at Ole Miss, Mingo. Jerry's still out of Mingo. Uh, Thielen's banged up. They really don't have any alphas. Chark is banged up. Everybody's banged up. Bryce Young's going to have to throw to somebody. And Hayden Hurst is too cheap. He's too athletic. He's a really athletic tight end. That's why the Ravens took him in the first round all those years ago. Is Hayden Hurst is a big athletic guy who can catch the ball, run after the catch, and he's just getting, been overshadowed the last few years. Like he was in Cincinnati with with one of the best receiving cores in the league. He was in he was in uh, Baltimore behind Mark Andrews all those years. He was he's been overshadowed. He was in Atlanta with Kyle Pitts. Everywhere Hayden Hurst goes, he is. Good, but overshadowed. There's nobody here to overshadow Hayden Hurst and Bryce Young, rookie quarterback. He's five foot ten. He's going to be looking close by, middle of the field. I think it's a volume pick, in my opinion. I mean, they don't have anybody healthy over there, right? Chark is out for sure. Adam Thielen's questionable, and I actually bring up, bring up somebody in the sleepers that I think is somewhat interesting here in a little bit. But Hayden Hurst is a great pick. 
uh, nod to Waterbud. Luke Musgrave was actually somebody that I thought you were going to lean towards, yes. but with him yes. being a rookie, uh, I, I don't think that I want to yeah. go that route right now for rookie tight end. Although I don't hate it, I don't hate it. I think that he's somebody that could put up big time points. Uh, he'd be probably my second option behind Hayden Hurst in terms of a value pick at tight end. I like it. I just think that he end up he will end up seeing a little bit too high of ownership, and with our build already we might end up having the same lineup as a handful of other people, depending on where we go from here. Now we are at 5,600. We have, or almost 5,700. We have about three positions left. So it seems like we're going to end up paying down at running back again, but not too far down. We're probably going to end up in the, the 5k range, low 5k, maybe high fours. Where are you thinking, Bo? Where are you thinking, man? Going back to how badly I think the Raiders are going to be this in a bad, bad way. I'm going to go with a guy who everybody thought was going to be taking it slow back, who has been healthy since the second week of the preseason, who has been ahead, months ahead of his recovery, who's almost impossible to tackle with one person, and who Sean Payton already said is going to have the Alvin Kamara role. If Alvin Kamara was bigger, faster, tougher, Javante Williams at 5,700 is my best running back value on this entire slate. I love it, man. I think that it's a great pick. Samaja P. Ryan does make me nervous, right? But I have Jamal, or I'm sorry, I have uh, Williams in almost every, Javante Williams in almost every single one of my lineups so far that I've built, and I've built about 10 to 15. I, I love it. I think that he's a great value. I think that he's somebody that can produce. If he gets hot, they're not taking him out. If he gets hot, no. he's staying hot. Biggest thing is that he adds to it is receptions, right? Even if Jerry Judy does go, which I don't see him doing that, but even if he does go, they're not going to play him on a huge snap share. They're probably going to run a lot of two tight end sets because they want to run the ball anyways. So mm-hmm. if he ends up getting involved in that and they end up setting up screens for him, right? They they end up running Marvin Mims on you know go routes every single play and they play Cortland Sutton 15 yards down the field, it's going to create a lot of screen opportunities for the Broncos to capitalize on. And mm-hmm. I think that Javante Williams could end up being a massive value at that point. I'm on board with you with Javante Williams. Now we didn't actually save any money on that. We actually lost $16 per player that we have to spend. So I'm where do you want to go that. here? We've got a wide receiver. We've got a flex right now. We're looking at Anthony Richardson, JK Dobbins, Javante Williams, Cabin Ridley, Keenan Allen, Hayden Hurst, and the Ravens DST. Where are we going from here? I'm going to save you some money and throw out one of my sleepers. Are you okay with that? Fine. Fine. Let him in on one of the sleepers because we're about to dive all into sleepers, right? Sleepers are my favorite part of this show. So take it for what it's worth. I I told you before the show who this is, but um, why is Elijah Moore only 3,800? I mean, it's a mystery to me. Uh, And so far, nobody's really been on him that I've read or heard about, but I think that's a lot of talent on that offense and a lot of, a lot of things to prove on that offense for Cleveland, especially against their division rivals week one. Elijah Moore is going to show out. He's going to play a lot of out of the backfield, like Jerome Ford. He missed a lot of the preseason, but guess what? Guess who we saw running the Kareem hunt role in the preseason in his stead. It was Elijah Moore. Uh, uh, what am I missing something here? 3,800 for a guy who is absolutely dominant as a rookie. He got doghoused by some trash offensive coordinator in New York last year. And now he's on a new team with a new quarterback. Who's actually pretty good. An offensive mind in Stavansky. Who's really good. They're going to find a way to give their best athletes the ball. And that's why Elijah Moore ran out of the backfield this preseason. Cause they want to give him the ball. Yep, I just, just want to get it in his hands. 
it's a huge misstep for a guy of that caliber, an athlete of that skill set to not get touches. And 3,800, it's a no-brainer. All right, Bo, so here's the deal, okay? We're, we're approaching 52 minutes right now, okay? We still got to cover sleepers, so we got to speed this up. They told me if I go over an hour, because I told them I would probably do two-hour shows. They said, if you go over an hour, you're fired, <laughs> okay? You're done. So I cannot okay. do a two-hour show, although I would love to talk DFS all night with you. Let's uh, yep. let's go ahead and find out this last flex position, because I do agree with you. Let's dive into some sleepers real quick and try and build this last lineup as fast as humanly possible. Deal. All right, do we want to go with uh, with Waddle to combat the Keenan Allen, or do we want to go down to T. Higgins, who we brought up earlier as somebody that we want to target because we're fading, well, I'm fading Jamar Chase. Well, it looks like you have 7,500 left. Yep. Okay, so we can't get A.J. Brown. So let's I'm, – I'm with Waddle. I, I like Waddle a little bit more than T. Higgins, upside-wise. Uh, but, I mean, if you feel good about Higgins, then – then that's nope. fine. I don't, We're I don't there, feel man. bad about Higgins at all. Waddle is a great pick, especially playing off the Keenan Allen pick, like you said. Game stack that game is going to be huge. Getting the right guys from that game is going to be the key to winning on the slate. All right, so we're going to try and run through this last spot. I do agree with you, by the way, and I really love A.J. Brown. I want to play him in this upcoming right. one, but I want to run him out by yes. himself. because I, I love A.J. Yeah. Brown for this based off of his man-to-man uh, ability to beat man-to-man, I should say. Mm-hmm. But let's go with sleepers real quick. I think that Zay Jones on the outside up against a, a weak secondary is an option. I think the Terrace Marshall. Uh, could be a thing with Chark and Thielen out or Chenault, whichever way you want to go on that. But I think it's worth at least taking a shot because they're likely going to have to pass. I think that Sam Howe is that dude who you guys need to get into a few lineups this week up against Arizona, up against a, a weak mm-hmm. offense or defensive line where we also, the commanders also all, like have a very suspect offensive line. So it should create mm-hmm. opportunities for him to run. We know how valuable that is, especially for DFS. And last but not least, uh, my big one is Jaden Reed because most yep. people, when they're thinking about rookie wide receivers, they're thinking about Marvin Mims, right? Marvin Mims, Marvin Mims, Marvin Mims. Well, he's going to see high ownership most likely if Jerry Judy doesn't play. I don't want anything to do with Marvin Mims. I'll take Jaden Reed, the other rookie, at I think 3K or 3,100, uh, who's taking a primary role, who Christian Watson's out with an injury, right? Dubs is out with an injury. Well, potentially he's questionable right now, I believe. Bo, who's your guy? Well, besides. Elijah Moore, Jaden Reed, I'm fully on board with. Uh, I'm going to go with the other rookie wide receiver who's up at 4,900, but Jackson Smith and Jigba, clean bill of health with the broken wrist. Nobody's going to play him. Rookie wide receiver, supposedly third in the pecking order behind Lockett and DK Metcalf. I say that's all BS. I think that Jackson Smith and Jigba is going to get eight to 10 targets game one in this and pay off at 4,900 pretty easily against the Rams, who are awful in the middle of the field. And I mean, they're going to be one of the worst teams in the NFL at covering the middle of the field again this season. It's going to start right here with one of the best rookie wide receivers we've seen in the last five years, period. We're talking about everybody wants to compare him to a slot receiver. He's up in that digs chase Jefferson tier for me as prospects, Jackson Smith, and Jigba right off the bat. Uh, and then going down, to a couple, a little lower running back tier. Like I already said, I want to get a little bit of Sean Tucker, a little bit of Jerome Ford, but let's get really nasty. Really oh nasty. Don't Kenny, get too gross. <laughs> Kenny Gainwell, 4,200. Oh, that's not too is, gross. I like that. 
Okay, so I can get grosser. I can get grosser. No, uh, get too gross. I'm, we we got to go. We we got a show. We got to yes. get off of. So let's build Kenny, this lineup. Kenny, yeah, Kenny Gainwell. I'll, I'll Kenny, I like Kenny Gainwell. Forty two hundred. Yeah, up against a suspect New England defense. All right, hello, sus. I, I saw you getting excited when I threw out there when I when I just threw it out there talking about Sam Howe. How are you feeling about that? Are you going to play him? Do we want to play him? Do we want to build a lineup that's starting at forty nine hundred with the quarterback? Hell yeah. All right, let's do oh, it. Yeah. I love it. You know I why? That. Because I predicted in my in my P context, my hot takes article for Fantasy Pros, I predicted that he would be a top ten quarterback this week. I love that, man. I'm I'm all on board at forty nine hundred. I think that he's gonna absolutely do that. Uh let's go to wide well, do we want to play Gibson with him? Stack that and then also stack the wide receiver. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's do it. So we have Gibson. We already played. And we're going to go ahead and run out Terry McLaurin as well. Oh, all right. Or, or Jahan Dotson if you're, feeling frisky, if you're feeling frisky, Jahan Dotson. But uh, with the way we're doing value here, McLaurin's the pick. Yeah, and honestly, like people are going to be playing Jahan Dotson a lot more often. We're yes. going to see lower ownership yeah. on Terry McLaurin, who had the injured tag throughout the entire week. Turns out he wasn't. If you were watching any of the, the practice highlights, he did not look injured whatsoever. He's fine. And... When you look at what Jahan Dotson did in the preseason game where they played up until halftime up against Baltimore, Jahan Dotson got almost all of his targets after Terry McLaurin went down with an injury. He got targeted mm-hmm. in five plays on that drive after McLaurin went down, who got targeted in two or three plays on that drive. John Dotson didn't see a single target on that drive until McLaurin went down. So we know who the alpha is and that offense don't bet mm-hmm. against Terry McLaurin. He's a guy that's mm-hmm. proved a lot of people wrong. Third round pick. You know, bad quarterback play. He's still produced when he needs to produce. Terry McLaurin is that dude this week. He should see the volume. And there's no way that seven touchdowns on 61 targets or whatever it was is sustainable for Jahan Dotson. So let's move over to the, what do you want to do? Running back, wide receiver. What are we thinking? Let's do let's do a running back. Um, are you feeling another Javante Williams in this lineup? Or are you feeling uh, we could. a little bit? More expensive because we, we have it. Yeah. On a scale of one to ten, how much do you like Jaden Reed? Eight and a half. All right, let's put Jaden Reed in there real quick, and let's see how much salary we have left over for that, and and we'll put a placeholder defense in for now. So Jaden Reed will go with the Commanders as a placeholder defense. Um, dude, I mean, we're sitting there with seven K per player. <laughs> <laughs> let's pay up a tight end. You want to do Hawkinson at tight end just because? I mean, it's yeah, still going to save us well. money. We might right, as well. We're left with 7,300 per player remain on this. For those okay. listening, we have Sam Howe, Antonio Gibson, Terry McLaurin, Jaden Reed, TJ Hawkinson, and the commander's defense. We still need a running back, a wide receiver, and a flex position. So, where are we going to spend our excess of, of Dolores? <laughs> I, I think we're still going to have some left oh. over because I want to throw I want to throw J.K. Dobbins in there again. <laughs> <laughs> let's, well, let's let's play a, uh, let's play AJ Brown because we both said we want AJ Brown, yes, right? Yes, for sure. All right, let's get AJ Brown in this matchup. Yes, um, and we're left with seventy one hundred per person. So if we throw J.K. Dobbins in here, we're going to have whoever we want at flex. Basically. <laughs> yes, I love this. This is too much fun. Um, Keenan Allen is where it starts. We want to play another one with Keenan Allen. Yep. Is that it? Is that the answer? Yeah, you got thirty seconds, or you're fired. Oh God. 
<laughs> I'm gonna get I fired. I'm gonna get fired at least at least one time this year, but probably closer to ten. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna get I fired have. in week one. <laughs> oh, God, man. My job is gone. I got 30 seconds before I'm fired. Please make sure the next time the Podfather's on the show to say, don't fire Chase. We love the big tilt. So I, I need his DFS advice. I need the, the people that are going to come on the show. Please don't fire him for running the show over. And guess what? I, I'll have my job safe. My job will be safe at that point. Make sure you guys also hit like, hit subscribe over there on the channel. Make sure you guys also leave us plenty of positive reviews on the podcast. So, Right now, to finish out this lineup, because I didn't read the last two, we have Sam Howell, Antonio Gibson, J.K. Dobbins, Terry McLaurin, Jaden Reed, A.J. Brown, T.J. Hawkinson, Keenan Allen, and the Commander's defense. Let's hit enter. All right, man. How you feeling? How you feeling about these lineups? I have a feeling your bankroll is going to be building. Hey, if it's building, man, I'm going to cut you in. I'm cutting you in. Some of the profits, of course. And maybe we'll do something special for the listeners at the end of the season, depending on what we're sitting at. Uh, you know, to that, to that point, but yeah, let's give, let's let everyone know where to find you, Bo, and let's get out of here. Oh, you can find me at fantasy pros. I'm a featured writer there as well as betting pros during the golf season, but it's football season now. So redraft dynasty, Devi DFS. You can find me all there. Uh, we're going to do the chalk blocked show tomorrow night at nine Eastern uh, on the nimble with numbers YouTube page. Make sure you check that out. Chalk block the world's sexiest DFS show for now. Uh, we'll we'll uh, we'll hit run that back every Saturday night at at 9 p.m. Eastern. All right, it's pretty sexy, but let's pump the brakes on that, okay? Not the not the sexiest, not the sexiest. You still have the big tilt. We've we've been claiming that since 2021. God, so. you're probably right. You're probably right. I love it. Yeah. No, it's, I, I it's love because you it's because of Nimble. I mean, like if if it was just me on a show, it'd definitely not be the sexiest. No, if if Nimble with numbers wasn't on the show, then I would actually challenge you guys for that. But he's on the show, so you there's, would. There's no yeah. way he he outranks me. He's the sexiest person alive. I love Nimble with numbers. <laughs> Make sure you guys go check out all my stuff over there at FF underscore Intervention on Twitter. Big shout out to everybody in the chat tonight. Really appreciate you guys. Hope you all win a bunch of money. And of course, keep in mind there is no shame in using a pen and pencil to take notes. Hey, I want to take a moment to thank you for tuning in. It's important to me that all of our media be free. This is only possible because of you allowing a true independent sports media enterprise to thrive unlike any other in the business. So please subscribe to the All-In Package to continue to make all this possible to ensure that all of our stats, information, data, content is available to you, especially you the people that get the site and get the show.